0: The following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us here at We Watched A Thing. We're surprised and thrilled that you do. And as usual, it's great to be here with Billy. Ah, oh, it is great. It's a beautiful day, buddy. It is a beautiful day. No, it's not. It's great to be here in it's the neighbourhood with you. really hot. It is hot. It is hot and it's smoky again. The The smoke came back back in full force. Mm. It's always been hot. (laughs) (laughs) But what are we talking about today? We'll be talking about a new film from Mariel Heller, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. It's a 2019 American drama film, uh, as you said, directed by Mariel Heller and written by Micah Fitzsimmon blue and Noah Harpster. It's inspired by a 1998 Esquire article about... Mr. Rogers and it stars Tom Hanks, Matthew Reese, Susan Kalecchi Watson, and Chris Cooper. What's it about, Tove? It's about uh, the relationship that a real-life journalist, but with a different name in the movie for reasons, has to a work assignment, one Mr. Fred Rogers. Shall we jump into it then? Let's do it. When did you see the movie? Last night. Last night. So, it's fresh in your mind. It is quite fresh. As mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago, I got to a very early advanced screening. So, it's been a good, oh, geez, three weeks for me. So, I'm hoping my notes are decent enough. <laughs> Let's get right into it. What did you think? It's funny. Going into this, I, until the documentary of 18 months ago-ish. Yeah. Have you Have you seen that? I have not seen it. You should. And that was when I learnt the name Fred Rogers. Yes. I have zero connection to this person. Well, that's the thing. As an Australian, we- We got Sesame Street. We did get Sesame Street, but uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood never really made it over. Not a thing. I, however, discovered him about five, six years ago when my daughter was born. Because even though he has passed on, um, you know, he's got this legacy. And now there's an animated series, which is kind of a follow-on Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which my daughter loves. And I actually found myself loving- It's a good show, and, like, he really did teach kids good messages and stuff. So, I kind of fell down the rabbit hole, and I started watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Old episodes then, and he's kind of become a little bit of a hero to me. So, I was familiar with Mr. Rogers. You weren't. How do you think that impacted your viewing, if at all? It's got to make a difference that it's not- not not that this film is playing on nostalgia in the way that, say- like it's not *Rise of Skywalker*. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not a fan service movie. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, you've got to have a different connection to it. Yeah, I actually can. I, I'm just going to come out there. I didn't like this movie very much at all, mainly because this movie's dick all about Mister Rogers. Like it's it's kind of about the impact that Mister Rogers had on people. But the problem is, it's not even that. It's about the impact he had on one particular person. And I don't care about that person. I don't like that character. I just there's too much of the journalist in the film and I do not care. So I didn't really find myself liking this movie a lot. You know, so he did a lot of interesting things, even like his early life when he started the show. He was a preacher and he started in television you know, preaching, doing like a morning sermon show. And then he realised, well, TV could do a a lot more good than just that. Like, I could actually help develop children. So, for me, I kind of struggled with this film because I was hoping it would be more of a biopic than it was, I guess. Um, Where are you on that? I think I would probably have preferred if there was a bit more or a bit less of Rogers in the film. Like, either. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's definitely the film. And it, it is. Like, the main character is clearly the journalist. Yeah. And I think it's. So it's not quite a two hander. Then the film ends with Rogers. And it's like, hang on, but we like it weirdly ends on Rogers. Yeah. And I say weirdly because it's not his film. No. And he has, he doesn't develop it all over the course of the film, which is why it's weird that it then ends with him. In this moment that, I don't know whether it's supposed to feel introspective or like he has developed, but he hasn't. He's the exact same person he was at the start of the film, because it's not about him growing or changing or learning or doing anything, really. So, it is weird that they end on him. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. (laughs) At the very beginning of the film, when we get Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers just doing the show. Yeah. I thought something, which is probably deeply upsetting to people, that- grew up with this person and, and absolutely love him. I was like, put him in a jumpsuit behind some glass talking to Jodie Foster. Yeah. I could see this as a serial killer. Yeah, they play him really creepy in this film. And I don't know if it's intentional, but throughout the whole film, he's played as a very creepy persona. And Lloyd Vogel, the journalist, is sceptical of Mr. Rogers as, you know, being such a good guy. And he believes there must be something more sinister there. The problem is that as a viewer- I believe him. I'm with him. I feel like there's something wrong here and that he is going home and putting on, you know, people suits because that's the way that Tom Hanks is playing him. Which is weird for someone who is so universally loved as Tom Hanks, playing someone who is so universally loved as Fred Rogers, to play it like this, I don't get the choice. Yeah, it's like this this is like you, know, you you and your wife playing the piano together. This is this is really nice. But where are the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I personally don't get the choice, unless you're actually going to go somewhere with it. There's maybe one scene in the film where they go into any of Fred Rogers' personal life at all, which is when Lloyd Vogel asks him about his children and how they feel about having him as a father. That's the only time you get any kind of glimpse of his personal life. So, why are you playing it as this kind of creepy, there's something to hide kind of thing there? I- I got to say that actually wore it did wear off on me that 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 feeling I was like I'm weirdly unsettled by this person <laughs> then then for most of the film I was just like okay these just that's how the guy is that's that's for for most of it it was fine it was yeah. really it was really just to begin with I was like. I'm unsettled. And to be honest, that makes sense. And that's probably how it's supposed to be perceived, is that you're supposed to be kind of sceptical at first, as Lloyd is. And then you realise, oh no, he really is just a good guy. The problem is, I I feel like it was still played a little too creepy throughout the whole film. (laughs) (laughs) Something that's not, and something that I'll give absolute props to, is our central performance from Matthew Reese. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I'm in love with Matthew Reese from The Wine Show. Where he goes around trying wine. And oh, it's that del- sounds right up your alley. It's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot recommend the wine show highly enough. <laughs> um, I think he's excellent. I think there's things that the script and Heller's direction do really well around in, in showing us who the guy is in a, in a way that doesn't hit you over the head with it. Like when he comes home from work and he says something like, do we really need this many diapers? Because- he doesn't know yeah. how many diapers they go through. Yeah. And that's how it chooses to show at this point in his son's very short life how hands on he's been. Rather than having, you know, the the wife say you don't do enough around the house. We're just like, here's a far more subtle way of yeah. just letting us into, here's this guy. I don't feel like it stays that subtle the whole way. There's a scene about halfway through the movie where he's uh, up late with his son- and he's watching old Fred Rogers clips and Fred Rogers is saying something about, you know, children or fatherhood, whatever it is. And he kind of looks down at his son. and it's It it does kind of hit you over the head at that point. It's like the end of a Scrubs episode where there's the voiceover telling you how all three stories are connected. Like, <laughs> and it, I know, I watched. <laughs> and it works in a sitcom. I don't think it did work here. Um I agree that Matthew Reese does well. Like I said, my problem is that I don't like the character and I don't like the way that it's written. And maybe part of that is because as a father who is quite involved, I, I do find it hard to connect with a character like that who's not. And that's fine. I know that not all dads are. And But I have personally found it hard to really care about him because I just thought he was a bit of a bad bloke. <laughs> I think it's fine that he's a bit of a dick. Like, yeah. That's and that's I'm, meant to I'm be all, the story. Yeah. He's meant to be changed yeah. by it's like Mr. Rogers. He's this is an actual person. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. He like he can't start out that well or no, because otherwise there's no story. We need to see the growth. Um I think he plays unsettled really well. Like when Fred Rogers starts to get under his skin yeah. and is saying things to him that really hits home, it's to both his credit and Heller's credit in the direction that it's like, we can do this just by pointing a camera at Matthew Reese. And he yeah. doesn't even need to say anything. Like yep. that scene in the in the cafe or diner or wherever it is, the entire emotional weight of that scene is in Matthew Reese doing not a lot, yeah. but but enough. Yeah, I thought Chris Cooper was really good as well in the supporting cast. I'm a big Chris Cooper fan. Cooper I think plays a dick so well. He really does. He does, and I think his character, I think even more than Matthew Reese's character, I do think you can actually see a little bit more growth there, and I think. His story rang a bit more true to me, that kind of father seeking forgiveness rather than actually fully turning his life around. It's- I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um. So, you brought up Hella a couple of times. Correct me if I'm wrong. Her previous film was Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which you saw and loved. You really liked, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I haven't seen- I don't think I've seen a Hella film prior to this. I thought the direction was good, and I thought there was some nice- I liked the transitions- with the little model cities harking back to his show. Um, I, to some extent, didn't really care because the- I don't know, the cities aren't as much of a character in the film as, as they can be in other films. So, it, it was a bit of a weird choice to me. I didn't like the cinematography and the lighting. How were you on that? I really liked the lighting. Interesting. <laughs> I found it very um, digital. I found the lighting very flat. It wasn't just the kind of unsubtle moments that struck me as sitcom-like. I found it was shot like a sitcom. It it felt like that to me. It, it didn't feel uh, very cinematic or dramatic. It was very flat, very bright and colourful. And And I get part of that is probably... You know, because of what the subject matter is. And I actually, what I did like is the moments where we were seeing Mr. Rogers' show and it was 4 3 and they'd recreated the set very well. But the rest of the film I thought carried that look too much as well. And for me, I really, really didn't like it. It it, it made the whole movie have less dramatic weight to me, I think. Okay, well, we are way off here. Yeah, <laughs> no, so should tell me. I really like the fact that a lot of the time there's no use of a fill light, there's a, plenty of scenes that embrace. The darkness in in the spaces that's shooting there's scenes where there's characters are in silhouette in scenes so when you say sitcom I yeah we're way off yeah <laughs> wow we're that's way off that's really interesting that's really interesting yeah because and particularly with that the use of negative space and dark patches in in shots in a lot of the interiors, I really like the fact that that's in such stark contrast to the heavily front lit nature of the set. Yeah, see, for me, I felt like that heavily front lit carried throughout the whole thing. I can't picture a lot of darkness in this movie, so maybe I need a rewatch. Because to me, I'm picturing it all, and it's very bright, very colourful, very flat. And you mentioned the the transitions with the models. Yeah. It didn't work for me. To me, the transitions, it was like, okay, I've got to- we're, we're stopping here for 10 seconds. And it, for me, it actually made the whole thing run in a kind of clunky way. Well, thats for, I felt the movie was clunky as well, but I, I don't blame the models for that. I liked the way that they tied into- For me, that was more of a transition between Roger's world and Matthew Reese's world. But as you say, perhaps the problem with that is that the balance was wrong. And if there had been less Mr. Rogers, you wouldn't need those transitions anyway- and if there was more, then it would just be a Mr. Rogers film and you wouldn't need those transitions anyway either. So one thing I do like about the choice of this is like, I didn't particularly like Spielberg's Lincoln, but I like the fact that I like it when films don't try and do the whole arc because it's a, that's a lot mm. for two hours. Yeah. That's a lot. I far prefer it in general when they pick a slice. Yeah, like, like a week we We'll or tell two. this story as they did in Lincoln. Yeah. And as this is, it's like, okay, here's a slice of this person and everything we get from this point in time. Yeah. That's actually what You'll we need to get tell. get a sense of this person's who, who life. Who this person is. So, I like that choice, but then oddly, of course, it's not a Fred Rogers movie. Yeah. 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 So, it's like, okay, do I like this choice about- Lloyd Vogel, who's not actually Lloyd Vogel. I can't remember the guy's actual name, Tom yeah, somewhere. I forget his name as well. it's a, it is a weird choice to change his name. But you know it what? Is I, odd because did they have you read the article? No. I went back and, and read it's not the like article. they've made a secret about who this person is. So the name change I do find weird. I do wonder if it's because it is extremely loosely based. Extremely loosely. From what I could tell reading the article. Like there are moments, you know, like Mr. Rogers taking a picture of him to show his wife because he takes a picture of everyone he meets. You know, there's things like that. And the bodies. <laughs> from what I can tell, though, Lloyd Vogel wasn't- He didn't have a new baby. He wasn't in a bad relationship with his father who was dying. Like, all that was okay. fabricated from what I can tell, which is why I wonder if that's why they changed the name so that it's its clear that it's loosely based. Um, What I did really like, and probably what I liked most of all in the film, was the score. And a lot of it is based on Mr. Rogers' music, because he was a great musician and songwriter. Like, he, he wrote, a, like, all the music for his show, and a lot of that carried through in the score, but quite subtly. And I really, really enjoyed the score for the film. I thought it was really strong. I went to say I really didn't like the score that much and then realised I'm thinking about the movie I watched this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Because I know what movie you watched this not morning. That I, and not that I didn't like the music. I didn't particularly like the pairing of the music. Wow. 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 But that's for a later that, episode. Yeah, that's a conversation <laughs> that will happen later this month. But I can't believe that. Wow. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to this movie. <laughs> I think the strength of the movie is presenting, like, the supporting cast. I just very much buy them as humans. Yeah. Like, the, the sister and brother-in-law. I'm like, yeah, I think, I I, I know them. And my dad doesn't get- drunk and abusive at weddings. <laughs> just want to be clear on that. But looking but watching those scenes with his dad, I was like, oh, yep. Yeah. I know that dad. It's not my dad, <laughs> but I know that dad. Yeah. Um, I just a lot of the people in the film, I think, were were casted well, they were acted well. I was like, I do buy that I'm watching actual humans here. Yeah, that's funny. I think the cast was strong, but for me, I think the writing was really flat. I don't think there was a lot of well-written dialogue in the film. For me, if this film wasn't a prestige subject matter. If it wasn't a biopic of Fred Rogers, if it didn't have Tom Hanks in it, this film would get zero recognition. This would be considered a fairly stock, straight to DVD release, if it wasn't the subject matter it is. And to me, that's how it feels across the board. I think the writing is very kind of Bland, I don't think there's a lot of depth to anything or you know any wittiness. I just think it's kind of there. And I think the actors did quite well in doing what they do, but i I don't feel like they had a lot of good stuff to work with. So it sounds like we're a little bit different here then. I don't think we're going to be wildly off. no, i I <laughs> think that I think you might be one point higher than me. Or maybe we'll even be exactly the same. I think I think we're going to- Yeah. I think we're going to be- Ah. Oh, see, I was going to say one off, but then I was like, do I just add on to <laughs> Billy's generosity index or well, maybe a, we'll be the that's same? That's the thing. I'm a generous film viewer because I just love film. So, even though I don't think this movie's very good, yeah, we might have the same score. So, <laughs> should we say it at the same time? Sure. Okay. I'll do, I'll do three, two, one, then we'll go. Okay. Three, two, one. Six. Five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm higher than you- <laughs> <laughs> you have had so many more positive So tell why are you only a five given that you actually liked the cinematography which I didn't? You liked the writing and, and actors. What brings your score down even lower than mine? So a five out of ten, like it's an average film. It's completely I average. I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly good, but I wasn't unhappy to have watched it. I'll never watch it again. Yeah. I like it was <laughs> it was an hour forty five of my life that I don't want back, but whatever, I like watching movies. Yeah, so five out of 10. That's exactly how I feel. And yet, I guess I'm, I'm literally. I thought just you were going to be a war. <laughs> <laughs> No, look, I, I think you say, like <laughs> everything you've said about this film basically is other than the score has been a negative, but you've given it an above average score. Like six out of 10, by definition, <laughs> above but, average. But here's what you have to remember I like below average films. Like I watched Crawl earlier this week. And Crawl, to me, is a 5 or possibly even a 6. And deep down, I know that this film is better than that. So, I I have to give it at least a 6. Because, I, like, it would be extremely rare for me to give a film lower than a 5. Because for me to have actually really disliked my time with a film is so rare. And for me, less than a 5 means you just didn't enjoy your time with it. Like, I... <laughs> in some ways, I agree. In some ways, I completely disagree on that. Because... I am happy to watch a 4 out of 10 cuz I really like movies. But I'm okay but I'm also happy to admit that it was subpar. And because I really like movies, a 4 out of 10 is not a bad experience. But here but, but I'm but you've also just got to be honest and say yeah, but it's subpar. <laughs> I, all right, I changed my score then. This film is a tomb. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but here, because otherwise the gap between Lawrence of Arabia and Crawl is not big enough. Yeah, because I probably enjoyed my time watching Crawl more. (laughs) This is the thing, is it's a balancing act between the art of film and the enjoyment of film. And that's why, for me, 10 out of 10 films are ones that strike the balance. That's why, for me, my best movie of the year last year was Parasite. Because not only do I think it is one of the best movies, it was one of the most entertaining. I had fun while I was watching it. That, to me, gets a 10. That's why, you'll remember, I gave The Godfather a a 9, I think. Because even though I can recognise it's good... I didn't have as much fun watching it. So it's this balancing act when you're scoring a film. And that's why, yeah, the gap between Lawrence of Arabia and Crawl might only be three or four points. That's because the enjoyment I got out of watching Crawl is much higher than I would probably get out of watching Lawrence of Arabia. It's a even very though I know way, it's a way of good describing girl. being basic. <laughs> But, but, okay, here's the thing, though. You're saying that a four, even though you know it's a part, you still enjoy your time. Yeah. It's like an ice cream. But what's the cutoff for you? Is four the lowest you would say you didn't want your time back? Yes. See, because I will watch a one or a two and still not want my time back. Like Child's Play from last year, I'd i re-watch it. <laughs> There's so many better things to do with but two I w- hours. I would re-watch it. I would. But you like- could watch something good, Billy. Yeah, but there's a there's an enjoyment like crawl. <laughs> there, There's an enjoyment in a one out of 10 film as well. It's why people revisit the room and love the you and I love the room and we watch the room several times because it's fun. But if there's a certain enjoyment, it's not going to be a one cuz one is for grim <laughs> grim shit like reindeer games. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, so there you go. I'm I'm a point higher than Toph. I'm a six. Even though, a we, even though Billy dislikes the film more than me, he's rated it higher. I don't know. It's it's worth a watch. I'm not going to say yeah. don't see it. It's okay. Yeah, it's not a film to be to avoid. No, it's. I just don't think it's very good to me. As I said earlier, it's the kind of thing that without the name attached and without the subject matter, it would be a straight to DVD. And to me, that's where it belongs, even as it is. But it's above average. But it's a six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are we getting to next week, buddy? Um, should we talk about some awards? Yeah, that's right. We'll be coming to you midweek with our Oscars predictions. And then we'll be back next week as scheduled, talking about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at com. You can find us at facebook instagram and twitter all under the handle at we thing. if you want to help support the show you can get early access to episodes you can get bonus episodes and all that kind of junk you can do that at patreon.com forward slash a thing and we'll catch you next week bye bye